Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the uh, Yellow Army podcast. Richard Hughes taking over from Guy Henderson this week as he's uh, he's about to go to Germany, I think, for a little break. So so good on him. Um, and I'm with uh, David Thomas, who uh, has a lot to talk about uh, because uh, I think things, we, all, yeah. we, we do every week, don't we? Oh, and good luck to Guy. He normally manages to take in one of those. Bundesliga games Does he? while he's over there. Yes, he's he a might big, see uh, a bit more quality over there. He's, then. A, big, he's a big Bayer Leverkusen man, okay. I think, uh, the last time uh, we, we, we talked about that. So, uh, um, good luck to him. You've been up to play more today to do usual the usual weekly chat, weekly chat with uh, the manager. Um, interestingly, you, you, you mentioned it when you came back to your desk earlier on. The last couple of managers you've known very well before they got the job. So how is how how's it different to, to sort of bond or form a relationship with someone that you don't know? It must be a different way of working. Yeah, uh, l- last week, <laughs> one of the things we chatted about last week was the number of managers that <laughs> yeah. have gone through Talkie United while I've been doing this this job. Um, and we, we should really work all, that out, shouldn't we? <laughs> well, no, we did. We went through a list right, of 32 okay. of them. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, Obviously, they're they're hugely differing characters, uh, and quite right too. It'd be a bit weird if they were all, you know, similar types, mm. wouldn't they? And and Gary, ours, and and you know, Gary and Martin are two totally different sort of characters. And Martin Cole is number two, and they are completely different from Kevin Nicholson, mm. uh, and completely different to Paul Cox and. Paul Buckle and Martin Ling, you know, etc. Chris Hargreaves, etc. Of course they are. And I think what you usually, someone in my position, you have to give um, a relationship a little while to build. You can't yeah. snap your fingers and expect everything to work either exactly as it was before or completely different as it was before. You have to give yourself both. You, but for both of you's sake, you have to yeah. give a, give yourself a bit of leeway and a bit of arm room and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've, you know, I've, some of the best uh, relationships I've had with managers over the years started off dreadfully. Uh, um, you know, where we, we sort of had a bit of a row almost in the firm. I remember Ian Atkins? Uh, um, I can't remember what the issue was now, but he steamed into me after about, you know, a week or something like that. Um, we had a bit of a stand up about it, and um, uh, uh, we got over it, and we've been. We very quickly developed a good relationship, and we've been sort of good mate, good friends ever since. So, um, you know, that's the way those things happen. In my experience so far, uh, Gary, ours is so, sometimes people get sort of tarred with a certain brush, don't they? And uh, they have an image, you know, of this or that or the other. Um, and maybe we, uh, as pressmen, were kind of sort of feeding into that a little bit when when I think I was I was the numb to you who, who, <laughs> who piped up at the press conference and said you know would you describe yourself as slightly old school well uh, all I meant was that that, that, that maybe you know uh, he is a little bit older 48 years old than Kevin Nicholson was but I think it has become quite apparent that they do have very different ways of working um, but the temptation then is to go down the road of saying, "Oh, they're you know this or that or the other." Usually, life's in, the, in life's grey, isn't it? Yes. It's not the black and white that counts. It, it's uh, and managers that they can't be complete bastards. It doesn't work. At the same time, 
they can't be complete nice guys because that doesn't work either. And so uh, I think managers and coaches like Gary Hours and Martin Cool, they've both been in the game a very long time. They know how to flick the switches with certain players. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think one of the great skills of football management, and probably particularly football management, because you're dealing with so many players, people, in, in quite a short period of time and in a pressured environment. When you're in an office or, or a company, uh, um, it's slightly different. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's, the, it's the, the balance between uh, how you handle people as a group and then how you handle them as individuals outside the group when you pull them to one and side. how you handle individuals within the group as well, as a, as a part of the well, group. Well, yeah, it's just, that, like, for instance, you can deliver a massive rollicking, and you can point individuals out, you can steam into certain people, or you can deliver a huge pat on the back to everybody. Fine. But it's how you then handle them individually later. Yeah. Um, uh, and... A lot of managers and coaches have a reputation for being real brutes, you know, oh, they you know, get stuck in, shouting, you know, as, as Gary Hours was talking today, you know, ranters and ravers, he said, we are not ranters and ravers, we're, we're doing our best to help the players to get better and help the team to get better. Um, but uh, what people don't see uh, um, is how managers later on go in and pick the players up yes. individually and as a group. It's all part of the same process. It's all part of the same process. So people get a reputation, managers on the touchline shouting at maybe an individual and think, oh, dear, dear, that was a mm. bit, bit fierce. And that's the only image they have of them. Yeah. In fact, what they don't see and don't fully uh, appreciate is what that manager then does to that player 20 minutes later yeah. or in the dressing room afterwards to pick them up. And, and the other thing is as well, in some ways, there's a lot of talk these days, isn't there, about there's not, not enough character, not enough personality, not enough you know, um, leadership in the game and all that kind of stuff. And it's probably true. But partly it's because you can't acquire character and you can't acquire personality and you can't learn leadership unless you've been knocked down. Yep. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's because that's how you fight back and react, and then you emerge with a bit more character and a bit more, you know, guts and potential leadership. It's interesting, isn't it? That that from what I've been reading, Aston Villa's outstanding player since the start of the season has been John Terry. Mm. He's fifty-three years old, or whatever he is. <laughs> he's Christ. What does that make me? Well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He, he's he's in his dotage as yep. a player. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure he would deny that, and quite right too. But he's gone into Aston Villa's team. I mean, let's face it; he was never a rocket scientist anyway as a centre half. But apparently, he's been absolutely outstanding because he's brought all that character, personality, leadership, he's learned. Yeah. knowing what to do at the right yeah. time, putting his head on his boot through it. You know. Getting on at his fullbacks, getting stuck into his midfield players, etc., 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 and then at the end of the game, everybody looks around and says, "God, didn't he play well?" Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. But John Terry, in his younger days, I'll bet he took some mother and father of rollickings from from various coaches and managers. But he had the he had it within him to fight back. Yeah. And sometimes, if with with coaches and managers, not just in football and other things, but if you don't put young players or young workers or young people under that sort of pressure 
and make it a bit fierce for them from time to time, you're not actually giving them the chance to show you what they're made of. If everything's hunky-dory all the time and, and you know, uh, arm round shoulders and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, nothing ever changes, does it, in somebody? No. And, and uh, uh, you know, obviously it, it, it can't and, and shouldn't be too brutal, you know, although we can all think of examples where it used to be, but um, both in our trade and, and, and in others. But... Um, so you've got Gary, ours, and, and Martin Cool. Yes, I think they are fiercer, if that's the right the word you want to use, than, say, Kevin Nicholson and, and Robbie Herrera. That's not a shock. It's, it's uh, uh, just the way it is. It could be the man in the moon coming in and doing it. He would be different as well. So, um, And I think, uh, from what I've gathered, uh, yes, the training sessions are... Uh, and the man management is 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 different, but the players are also reacting. They haven't all collapsed, you know, um, and uh, many of them will have played under different types of mm. manager in the past yeah, and will kind of almost be expecting this. Yeah. Um, the, what, that's an interesting thing you say. I mean, if you look at someone like Luke Young, who's been with the club for three years now, is he the longest? Fourth season. Fourth season? Yeah. Is he the longest serving player? I yes. think he probably is. Yeah. Uh, well, Sam Chaney possibly. Sam Chaney, wanted, yeah, 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 who yeah. came through the youth ranks. Yeah. Um, he's already been at Talk United and uh, six, maybe five, I suppose. Five. Yeah. So... And he would also play the Plymouth well, under John Sheridan. I think it was probably John Sheridan down there. I'm not quite who sure, was quite know. a strong character. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so he, players like like um, Luke Young won't look at every management change with a nervous kind no. of attitude. They, no. They'll just right, okay, let's see what happens. This quite. brings along yeah. and, and get on with it. Absolutely. And do the job. Josh Gowling, thirty-three years old, whatever he is. Ryan Clark. They played for so many different managers and different management, you know, styles. Um, they know it's part of the job. They, they, they know yeah. it's part of the job. And those more experienced players that Kevin Nicholson went to a great deal of trouble to bring to the club, it's that kind of background knowledge and character, for, you know, if you want to call it that, that you're signing. That, mm. you, that, that, that's part of the plus package that these players bring, is that they don't collapse when all of a sudden someone turns around and starts throwing a few proverbial teacups around. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, that's good. So we, we've given Gary hours two and a half weeks. Well, this is another. <laughs> What's he changed? Th- this is another interesting thing <laughs> because there are obviously two yeah. games and still still no no win. No, that's right, and something that he's. I'm not suggesting for a minute that, that he can come in and change anything straight no. away. And he's so, been so, talking about that over yeah. the last couple of weeks. Is this difficult trade-off between um, the pressure that everybody's under at the moment at the club? He, the players, the whole club hierarchy, the infrastructure to get this desperately needed win, whilst at the same time trying to sort of change the you know, culture behind the scenes, change the team, change the way they play, change the way they do things. And yet, all anybody's talking about at the moment is United have only got four points from 12 games, we're more than a quarter of the way through the season, we still haven't won, you know, etc, etc. And he, he said that, that, that <laughs> I think he was asked at the press conference today, you know, Almost kind of like, how are you coping? <laughs> and and he, he, he said, look, he said, um, uh, of course, he said, I'm feeling okay. He said, but you do, after a while, walk around the club and pick up on this feeling that it's like a death in the family. You know, that, that, that people are so worried and so down and, 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 you know, just concerned. 
uh, and he and Martin Cool have obviously got to try and play their part in lifting that mood, knowing that in fact the only way it's going to lift is when they win a game yeah. and hopefully start yeah. winning games. Um, uh, and it's quite it's 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 a very very difficult situation that he's been parachuted in, or of his own accord, obviously uh, uh, keen to have the job, um, and. Uh, you know, he's got to call on all his experience. He was saying that, I, I think, was it last season or the season before at Bath? I think it probably must have been last season. I think they lost the first three matches. We were talking, actually, about um, tactical changes. Would he think of, you know, what, what, what was sort of formation he, he might play and all that sort of stuff? And he said, well, interesting. He said last season, um, uh, I, I think they lost uh, a whole a series of games going on changed the formation he said even though I didn't really want to change it to that formation um, uh, promptly went and took a load of points out of the next few games and he said it worked mm. so he said I don't, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a slave to 4-3-3, 4-4-2, 5 at the back all that sort of stuff he said I'll do whatever works yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, so all of that's going around at the moment um, they've got to take into account when they go to, say, Dagenham on Saturday. You can't just say, oh, well, we fancy playing this way this week. You've got to, you, hang on a minute, who have Dagenham got? Yeah, you've, got to, take best players? you've got to take all that into play, account. How they play, what yeah. styles they play, um, formation. You know, we spoke in the Herald this week about a, a, a lad called Corey Whiteley, who's, who I'd be very surprised if he's still at Dagenham after the new year, um, uh, the new year window. Very quick, tricky, direct winger come striker. Well, you've got to you've got to make some arrangements for him, haven't you? You can't ignore the fact that he's going to be out there and against you, probably. He he will always remain to me now. After after you picking up that slight mistake before the, we went to press on a Tuesday, yeah, no second al- D. Yeah, he, he, he will always remain to me. Corey Whiteley's surname. Yeah, that's his. Surname. No, I mean, he, funnily enough, I think we all spotted him for the first time when United United did the double over Dagenham last season. Dagenham got in the playoffs. Absolutely crazy. Um, they did the double over Dover, who got in the playoffs. Last season, yeah. so let's not get to you know. Oh well, no chance at Dagenham on Saturday. Of course, they've got a chance, especially with players like Josh McCoyd and Reese Murphy coming in. And we'll talk about those in a yeah. minute. Um, but uh, uh, when United beat Dagenham one nil here quite early last season, uh, Dagenham had a centre back whose name escapes me for a moment. I should know. It sent off after about fifteen minutes. So they played the rest of the game with ten men. And I remember even Kevin Nicholson coming off and admitting, admitting that Dagenham had completely outplayed United with 10 men. How Torquay won 1-0 that night, I do yeah. not know. But they did, and thank goodness they yes. did, in hindsight. Yeah. Uh, but Whiteley, young, I think he played sort of right side that night. What a good player he looked, even that stage. Uh, uh, just coming into this league, he'd been, uh, he'd been at Spurs as a youngster. OK, um, so we need to look... Can, we, uh, we watch out for him, him on Saturday, yeah, yeah good okay. I'm going to read you a list of players. Yeah. And if you were, you give me a, a couple of words in between each player, just just to let's see where Bring they us up are to speed right a bit. now. Yeah, so yeah. Ryan Clark. Yeah, injured at the moment, back injury. Um, should be back in the next couple of weeks. Sam Cheney. Uh, back training next week after a groin injury, I think. George Dowling. Uh, similar after a hamstring injury, he should be back training next week. Um, John Paul Pittman. Uh, same boat, with a bit of luck training next week after a hamstring injury. Jake Gosling. A uh, little bit longer. We're probably looking three to four weeks for him. He's had a broken uh, metatarsal in his foot. Jordan Lee. Interesting. Should be back really quite quickly. Uh, end of October this particular t- uh, uh, this weekend, isn't it? 
Um, he's just been training uh, with Bournemouth, who I understand, by the way, have not been charging United, okay. if that's the right word, for his loan, because technically he's still on loan. But he's had those chest pains, uh, but the plan is for him to come back within the next week, 10 days. Jan Klukowski. I apologise. Jan Klukowski, foot injury. Um, he's already back in training. This weekend will come a bit too soon for him, but we should see him back in the next week or so. OK, Damon Lafrop. Uh, back training and almost certainly will travel to Dagenham this weekend. And Liam Davis. And we already know, thank goodness, he's back. He was on the bench, didn't get on against Macclesfield last Saturday, and he definitely will be part of the party um, for Dagenham. So that was a list of nine players, which which actually highlights the problem that that Mr. Hours has had on on yeah, turning up and Kevin Nicholson before him and Kevin yeah, Nicholson before right. him. And it accounts for the size of the squad that's yeah. built up with loan signings and non-contract signings. Uh, one, of course, uh, may have changed on that front. Hours uh, has offered uh, Vincent Durrell, um, the former Argyle French goalkeeper, who's played. Five games, I think it is, for United now. Two under hours on a non-contract deal. Hours has now offered him a short-term contract. I would think we're probably talking three months up to Christmas, okay. see how that goes. Um, he seemed fairly confident that Durrell would accept that. Uh, I think mainly he wants to give uh, Vincent Durrell a chance to, even when Clark comes back, to... In other words, to say to him, look, by the way, as soon as Ryan Clark gets fit, cheerio. Yeah. No, that, that's a bit... He's, he's indicating that, that he has no, a chance to, a to, to give, give Clark a good uh, Run test. for his money. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and obviously he's offered him a deal which will give him that chance. Uh, and he seems reasonably confident that, uh, that Vincent will, will take it. We'll, we'll see. He, he's, you know, he's gone away to think about it. But certainly Gary Hours... Didn't, doesn't expect him to ring in tomorrow and say, oh, by the way, I won't be with you at Dagenham on Saturday. So. Uh, obviously, the Lavacombe's loan ended, didn't it, yes, this week? Yes, that's right. Uh, last weekend, it's, right. it's, it's expired, so he's okay. gone back. So, uh, um, yeah, um, so, and, and obviously, ours released um, Andy Hayworth, yeah. Rory Fallon, yeah. and Chinua Cole last yeah. week as well, all three non-contract signings. So it's it's so it's, it's starting to to move, yeah. um, but this is all having to happen against this desperate desperate background of a need for some more points on the board. Um, you and, don't get uh, points by giving the ball away and letting letting teams score like they did last well, last weekend. Uh, that was a that was a one well I was going to say it was a cracker no that's that's, that's yeah. a completely completely the wrong so, word. Yeah, we and we're talking need... about the mistake by Miles Anderson. Uh, which handed, uh, uh, and you, you you do feel sorry for individual players, and, and when I they do that, when they right. do that, and he was he was put under pressure in a situation where he didn't probably, receive the ball in the best position. No, he, he didn't. It was a, it was a pass by uh, Jennison and Murray Williams across our back, sort of diagonal across our back four. Um, Elliot Durrell there, right, the Macclesfield right winger, immediately put Anderson under pressure on the ball. Uh, uh, took it well to be fair didn't yeah, he? I mean, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't no but uh, under that pressure instead of just having one touch and sticking the, his boot through it into the stand or wherever Anderson tried to sort of yeah. make something out of yeah. it uh, uh, got in even more trouble tried to roll a back pass didn't look and um, Scott Wilson was in and, and it, it proved to be the winner and this is when you think at that particular stage of the game it was what five minutes into the second half 
uh, um, United hadn't played well for it. It hadn't been the, the best game, oh, but no. you never looked like... No. Uh, Macclesfield, it's a bit like several of the games that United have played this season. They haven't looked in any great trouble against people. They might not have been playing very well. Mm. Uh, I mean, there are one or two games, uh, Boreham Wood definitely looked decent against them. First half at, at Aldershot, Aldershot looked in a different league, even though United were drawing one all at half-time. Um, but in quite a lot of the games, Wrexham, you think, Chester... United have been well in the matches, Barrow away, definitely. Um, and then they've done something to almost kick themselves in the foot. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. of course, last Saturday against Magwood. Now, you imagine that game carries on at nil-nil. I know. Into the last 20 minutes. Very supported crowd. Good turnout again. Yeah. Uh, um, Ours first game in charge. Uh, Josh McCoy comes on and starts lifting it, and we'll talk about him in a minute. da 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 United maybe go and get the winner in the last 10-15 minutes of the match. Well, doesn't it look different to a 1-0, another 1-0 home defeat? Let's talk about Josh McCoy now because he came on, he, he came to the club on the Friday maybe even with the Friday was it? And, yes. and came on in the second half to replace, um, you have to remind me who replaced up front. It was. Um... These things fly by don't they? Uh, at half time he came on and replaced James Gray Yeah, you know yeah. what because I keep on wanting to call James Gray James Ward and I didn't want to do it again no, I couldn't no. remember his name no. it's I, very I, weird I, I felt a little bit for James Gray last Saturday uh, uh, Gary Howes tried a sort of 4-4-1-1 formation with, with uh, Rhys Murphy a new signing on his own up front James Gray in the hole yeah. behind him now I'm sure you can say uh, no James Gray didn't make enough of that role but it didn't quite work um, uh, James Gray, I think we've all felt, and there's been evidence of it, is a pretty good finisher on his day. Um, and he didn't play in that out-and-out striker role. But anyway, the top and bottom of it was Gary Owens took him off at half-time, sent on Josh McCoy, Reed, did, uh, Jamie Reed went up front with Murphy, and Josh McCoy went on the left wing. Now, I've no doubt at all, sorry to interrupt, that if Josh McCoy had been in the club for a day or two beforehand... He would have started. It's just that uh, uh, Gary Hours, and he explained. He said as much in his press conference this week. He said, literally, walking into the club on Friday tea time. Yeah. He he <clears> had <throat> no. Ch- he hadn't even met everybody, and he said, in those circumstances, both from his point of view and from all the other players who you've worked with through the week and done a, 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 a session on the on the Friday morning, to go and chuck a new player straight in in those circumstances when you don't actually have to is unfair to everybody. So he was on the bench rather than starting. Yeah, and and, and to be fair, using the term in inverted commas, he looked half decent, didn't he? Oh, telling me. Uh, And, and, you know, fingers crossed. United have got him on a three-month loan. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, um, He immediately looked. I know sometimes players coming off the bench can look... They can. they, They they, can. They can have that impact. But... Uh, you know, he's come from a good club. We are talking about somebody who was a Northern Ireland international not all that long ago. Um, uh, he played on the left wing uh, uh, and then fl- floated about a little yeah, bit no. uh, during the second half. He made an impact, certainly. He'd, absolutely, and, and I, I'd be staggered if he doesn't start on Saturday um, at Dagenham. Uh, and, uh, you know, fingers crossed that he can deliver because that's the quality of player that United haven't, for one reason or another, been able to lay their hands on for a little while. Um, certainly from that level uh, let's not you know, load too much responsibility it's not a one man show uh, I, I, I do like Rhys Murphy I, I, I think he's a player with quality uh, um, awareness alright, debut didn't go 
you know, it wasn't. A, Are we going to talk about the penalty decision? Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, I, not, not yeah, a penalty decision. Yeah, the red card decision or the red card that wasn't. Yeah, uh, in the uh, very early in the game, t- twelve minutes. Uh, I've been fascinated by this all all week. I think you were sitting in the grandstand not far from me. I was in the press box. And the moment uh, there was a a good through ball by Luke Young to to Reese Murphy, he's running towards goal. Their goalkeeper, Shwan Jalal, comes out of his area. Um, uh, uh, Reese Murphy tries to do the old push it one side, go the other. Uh, Flicked it past Jalal and Jalal... From the way we saw it, and the way everybody on our ground, on on the side, on our of the, side of the pitch, it, absolutely, yeah. just seemed to take him out. Yeah. End of story. It's got to be a booking, if not a red card. I do think, even if he'd booked him, it would have been the right decision because uh, there were defenders getting back there, and it didn't probably, look like it at the time, though. Well, have, at the time, there you yeah. go again. It, it, that that first take uh, yeah. uh, uh, on our side. Anyway, the referee Gary Parsons waves play on. To everybody's consternation, Gary, I thought Gary House was going to have a you know, meltdown, yeah. meltdown yeah. On, on, on the sidelines. Uh, and, and that was the reaction from everybody else. And, and after the game, I, I popped over with a bunch of really good mates uh, uh, for a pint in Newton Abbott for a bit of an inquest, and a, you know, which we normally do on a, on a Saturday evening after a home game. And I was astonished to hear them. And they're good, sensible lads. Have you watched a lot of football over the years? Pop side diehards. And they said they didn't think it was. They, they saw it differently. Um, and that was from the op- opposite side yeah. of the ground. All right, I think they felt that there was contact, as we all know, there clearly was contact, but that they felt that Murphy had gone to ground too easily, that he wouldn't have been able to get the ball, having flicked it past the keeper, and they weren't losing too much sleep over it. And I listened to them and I thought, my goodness, so that's how... One set of people on mm. one side of the mm. saw it, and we saw it you know, much more uh, sort of harshly on our side. And we have looked um, at the video since. And we have looked at the video, and I can see, from, from the video, I can see what people mean on both sides of the argument. The video, of course, being taken from the side, yes, that, that and that above, side, and, and above. above. And, of course, the, the actual pictures of the incident do show uh, um, uh, Shran Jalal's arm out, and I, I'm, I am convinced that... Jalal knew what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, in, in other words, he doesn't get out of the way, put it like that, or make any attempt to get out of the way. Having said that, uh, there is evidence from the picture that Murphy maybe was already on his way down, blah, 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 blah. It, it doesn't really matter. It's all over now. And, and Gary Hours said, obviously he reacted pretty angrily at the time. Um, he's now seen it again, and his, ver- his, his verdict is he still thinks the referee made a... a you know, made the wrong decision, and what he said was, "Well, it's not nothing." Yeah, that was I mean, his, one of the interesting phrase, things so. is, is, as I said to the chap sitting next to me on Saturday, a uh, friend of my dad's, um, "Why would you go down? Because you put the ball past him, and you, and you just need to run on and put it into an open well, net." But when you look at the video, there you go. He's put the ball far too close to one of the the defenders Reaching, that's coming back, recovering, and I leaders. don't think he would have got there. No, no. And I think he probably knew that. Well, there you go. So um, you know, you can read into that what you like. That's right. But it, it's it's just you know, you come back to these things time and time again, don't you? I mean, I'm I, over the years, I've become a great one for sort of going with your gut instinct, your first gut instinct. Yeah. And very often that that does prove to be right. You know, especially if you keep your your eyes open yeah. properly. But every now and again, something comes along and 
sorry, you get it wrong. Yeah. Uh, and and that's and referees get it wrong, and managers get it wrong, yeah. and supporters and spectators get it wrong, and players get it wrong. Yeah. And that's all part of the game. And if you ever take it out, well, what's everybody what going to talk about? With. Yeah, exactly. So we've got three big games coming up. Um, we're away at Dagenham on Saturday. Yeah. Um, no Dagenham, chance. Dagenham is seventh. No chance. No, no chance? No, no, no. no. I, I'm not saying that. But, but, that's, <laughs> but that's what everybody else will be saying. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I must say, I should have, before Worth we popped in Worth a penny in, then on, I, on, I on the bookies? Have, why not? Yeah, Abs- exactly. abso- absolutely, or why guys, not? guys, weekly pound. Yeah, no, absolutely, why not? Uh, United won there last, last season when United gave them no chance. Uh, mind you, they did have Kiefer Moore in the team at the time. Wow. So, um, yeah. but uh, he's uh, scoring no. goals for fun at Rotherham, isn't well, he? Well, he is. But uh, but United have got one or two better players in the team. You have got Murphy now. You have got Josh McCoy. Why shouldn't they go and win there? Okay. Then Tuesday night, um, talk here at home against Maidenhead, um, new team. Intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, promoted last season. Yep. Uh, they've sold their. Leading scorer Dave Tarpy, he's not with them anymore, but they've still managed to pick up one or two results. So yeah. um, they're still part time at the moment, or trying to go full time. Eleventh um, in the table, made a half decent start. Very interesting home game. And then a team the following Saturday at uh, home that um, could be candidates for promotion this well, season. Well, amazingly, United did the double over Dagenham last season, got into the playoffs, and they did the double over Dover last season, yeah. and they got in the playoffs yeah. or nearly. No, I think they just missed out, actually. Last day, I think it yes, was. Yes, they've just it? missed out, didn't they? So, um, it, it's uh, intriguing stuff. Uh, Giancarlo Galifuoco is playing for them. Doing well there, by Yeah, and doing quite well. Um, you see, he was one. I thought, mm, maybe there was there was a reason to keep, keep him on. But, there you go. Yeah. It's all opinions, isn't yeah. it? Um, and Chris Kinnear, what an extraordinary job he does there. Uh, he... he either broke up or had the team of last season broken up underneath him. Yeah. Um, quite a lot of players leaving. Rebuilt the whole thing. You think, well, there's no way they're going to do as well this season as they did last year. Well, <laughs> third place at the moment, I think. Um, and, and there's a manager who, well, he looks like a school teacher <laughs> and is a school teacher. Yeah. That's what he's been doing for most of his working life in the East End of London. Um, he, is, he looks like your favourite uncle. I don't suppose that he could probably reach... No, he probably could. I, I'll bet when he loses, when he throws his toys out the pram, it happens big time. Yeah. But I don't suppose it happens all that often, which just goes to show. But by all accounts, when he starts talking in that dressing room, they listen. OK, so one to look forward to on Saturday, Dagenham Away. Dagenham Away. Put your pound on. I might put a bit more on. I, you know... I, Let's face it, United haven't been very far away from winning games. No. It's just uh, that they have been pressing the old uh, um, self-destruct button uh, you know, too often. Uh, that has to stop. Uh, hopefully it will stop. Um, I think personally that they're quite fortunate that they're still only, and you say only, only. With, with advisability, eight points adrift of safety. Yeah. In other words... Well, te- uh, they've got to start cutting into that yeah. gap, haven't they? And, and the only way they're going to do it is with wins. Um, people have been throwing all sorts of stuff. Oh, goodness, they've got to play like a promotion team from now to the end of the season, even to have a hope of getting out of trouble. Well, uh, let's see what one or two of the other sides do in the next few weeks yeah. and months. Um, of course they've got to pick up. Of course they've got to start winning some games. We all know this. But I think what Gary Hours was saying this week is that 
uh, he's got to try and strike that balance between the seriousness of the situation and you know, trying to get everybody's chin off their chest mm. and say, look, we haven't had a death in the family, we've made a bad start, we've, we've got to turn this around, let's just get, get stuck in, you know, work our backsides off and get there. On that note, we shall say goodbye, David. Um, Guy will be back next week, but in, in his absence, I'll do the old, uh, the old way he ends it. What does he say? Come on, you yellows. Absolutely.